Emporia Daily Republican, Kansas, August the 4th, 1897. Flatter the sitter's vanity. Photographs now made to suit the fancy of the inordinately vain. The old saying that photographs do not lie must go to join the growing host of exploded notions. It may have been true when photography was new and undeveloped, but the fact remains that at the present time, photographs may be and are made to lie with great frequency and facility. The methods by which this result is accomplished are more various and extensive than most persons suspect. Retouching in its simplest form, such as smoothing out deficiencies in the complexion, is well known to everybody. But it is not so generally understood that even the shape of the features may be altered by skillful work with the negative. Lines of figure are also frequently changed. The writer has seen and compared the original proof and the finished picture of a well-known actress, famous for her beauty. In the proof, hollows appear in the neck and the lines of the shoulders though graceful, leave something still to be desired in the way of perfect roundness and symmetry. The finished photograph shows a transformation. The hollows are gone, and the irregularities of the shoulder lines have become curves of perfect beauty. It is a lie, doubtless, but a pleasing and satisfactory one. So much for the results of retouching but there are tricks of posing which pervert the truth just as completely. By throwing an object or part of an object so far into the foreground or background that it is out of focus, it may be made to appear of a size wholly different from its real proportions. The most familiar instance of this trick is seen in the pictures of wonderful catches of fish. The honest fisherman holds the string out at arm's length in front of his body, so that, compared with himself, his trophies appear huge. A one-pound trout passes itself off gaily as a five-pounder, and other varieties gain in apparent size in the same satisfactory ratio. When professional athletes, strong men, or prize fighters come before the camera, the same focusing device is employed. Hercules throws out his arms folded, well in front of his chest, and in the picture the development of his biceps is almost terrifying in its proportions. If he desires to give prominence to the muscles of his shoulders and upper back, he stands sideways so as to bring them nearest the lens, and by maneuvering and posing a little, any part of the body which it is desired to emphasize may be made to appear well developed. Considerable discussion has been aroused among physicians and wheelmen by the recent publication of a report that a woman had gone insane from excessive riding of the bicycle. Her spine became affected and her physician said it was due to too much wheeling. This is not the only case of the kind. Letters have been written time and time again to the medical press by doctors who have given the subject careful attention, and it appears to be generally agreed that overindulgence in bicycling will induce one of the most malignant forms of insanity, owing to the long-continued pressure on the spine. The disease of wheel insanity has not gained much foothold yet, doctors say, because it has not had time. 
bicycling is yet only in its infancy, and so also are the diseases connected to it. The bicycle hump is only beginning to develop, while it will require fully a generation to establish the bicycle face, foot, arm and other eccentricities. The new diseases may be avoided by the wheelman in two ways. First, by moderate use of the wheel. And second, if he insists on riding a great deal, by having a proper seat, constructed so that the spine will be relieved of the weight, which in most cases, it is obliged to support. 